Derek, John, and Will, and no driving gloves tonight. How are you guys hey! doing? Good. How about you, John? I'm awake. Whoa, whoa. Will Will's actually here. Holy cow. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I was the only one ready to record last week while you two bozos were gone. Yeah, it's. I'm going to say we can't really pick on Will. We've all been kind of tardy the last few weeks and that. Maybe we're going to. This is the night we all get back on track. Other than, Still Will's fault. Other than the next two weeks when I won't be here. <laughs> See? Finish it. Finishing up a project for LS Fest, and we'll be at LS Fest. So, if you want to see Big Oak's latest project, guess what? Go to LS Fest. I watched a video this week, and I can't remember what channel or whatever it was on YouTube, and I doubt if it come. I can pull it up on the computer. Um, have you seen this thing, Will? I don't know. It's like... These guys take their hot rods to this drifting arena, and they can kind of drift it. And this guy shows up in his LS-swapped, um, it's like a 51 Chevy business sedan or something like that. And the catch is, he's got fi- he built the car for $1,500, and it's an LS-swapped car. He took a Lexus LS400 and cut the body off of it and dropped the Chevy on top of it. So it's he the, done, he, wait a minute. He done all this for fifteen hundred bucks. That's what he was saying in the video. I am calling one hundred percent BS. Well, it was um, what am I thinking? It was a hundred two hundred twenty five thousand mile Lexus. Which, believe it or not, as we get into our topic for tonight, um, I just found a two hundred twenty five thousand mile Lexus LS four hundred. Really nice shape. Four grand, so I don't know where this guy got his fifteen hundred dollars worth of uh, what do you call it? Well, um, even if it had a even if Lexus. it had a, even if it had a blowed up motor. All right. Yeah. Well, now you got to go find an LS motor. All right. Well, I mean a five three. No, 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 no. You missed his his thing. He it's an LS swapped Chevy. He put the Chevy uh, on top of a Lexus LS. I, I got you. I got you. It has, yeah. it has nothing no. to do with a Chevy V8. It's a 283 cubic inch Lexus thing. Yeah. I'm trying well, to... S- I'm still calling BS on it. I kind of felt it was a little BS. I'm trying to see if I can pull the video up from my history, but I don't know how to find history here on YouTube. Unless he just had a bunch of crap laying around and, you know, he had he had the Lexus and he had the Chevy and... Uh, yeah. now, now, supposedly this guy's never built a car before in his life. Yeah. BS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there's history. I mean, what kind of wheels and tires he's got on it? Uh, Lexus. The Lexus wheels and tire? Uh, oh, I bet that thing oh, looks oh, stupid. Here it is. I will uh, bring your own phone. Well, your own real phone. There, there's me playing it. <laughs> uh, Screenshot a picture of the car and send it to me. I was just gonna uh, copy the link and email it to you, and then I'll. Uh, I, I kind of want to see it right now. <laughs> Take a picture of it with your phone and send it to me. Can't you check email? You know, don't we have things to talk about? Well, we're talking about it. You keep us entertained, Derek. What's going on in your life? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Oh, geez, boy, you're exciting, and my computer's going, like, really, really slow. 
It's probably mm-hmm. because I've got two yeah. guys online and hogging all the internet and kids in the other room. Wow. I thought this was a family-friendly show. I'm lost. It's time to get found, John. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I bought a new car. You did? You did? Yeah, it ties oh, into the ties into our uh, uh, talk tonight, I think, into our topic. Right, right. It yeah. It wasn't long ago that uh, we bought a car that will fall into our topic. There we go. Yeah, actually this year, yeah. Yeah, because that's what's been keeping me busy. We'll just go ahead and kind of say that. Uh, there we go. I got the thing muted. Um. What's been keeping me busy is I've been reorganizing everything and want to get rid of my car payments. And as we've talked constantly on this show, John only buys uh, new cars. John needs to buy a used car, and John can't figure out how to do it. Is everybody now watching the LS uh, video? <laughs> I still ain't got the email. Sounds like oh, I got it. Sounds like you're a spoiled brat to me, John. Uh, at times. <laughs> No. Buying, a, buying a used car, you know. Hey, how about that? Whoa, <laughs> easy there, buddy. The mute button. The mute button. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, Lord. Are, um, you, are you watching the video now? Well, I was going to, but, you know, I thought I had my phone on silent. And apparently, <laughs> I didn't. No, it's just, and I've kind of been looking, and I, you know, I kind of said to myself, ah, I want to spend five or six thousand dollars. I ought to be able to get something for five or six that I won't have to work on every day. And it's kind of interesting what you get for five or six thousand dollars today. I'm kind of thinking I need to spend fifteen thousand dollars. Not a lot. <laughs> you just it it it's well, I don't need to go there. You just kind of <laughs> got to lower your standards a little bit, John. You know. I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I mean, how much are you going to be driving? Uh, I, on average, drive 20, 25,000 miles a year. All right. So that's, you know, that's it. Jeez. That's nothing. I mean, you have a mechanical background, you know how to do maintenance on cars. I mean, yeah, but the problem is, is he doesn't want to do the maintenance well, on the cars. Well, you know, that's part of buying a $5,000 car. I mean, if if you want to save some money and not have a car payment and not have a new car sitting in your driveway, you know what? You're going to have to work on it every once in a while. That's just how it is. You want to go buy a brand new house or you want to go buy an old house and save some money. Guess what? You're going to have to work on that old house. That's just how it goes. You got to work on new ones too. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> let's, let's not say that buying an old house is, is uh, cheaper than buying a new house. Um, even with the work you have to do on them. Okay. I, I, well, I, I pretty I, much I, only buy old houses and yeah, they're not always. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. My first, my first house was built in 1932. So, and the money we put in that place, it was, uh, I will say this, it paid off at the end when we got rid of it, but it, it does pay off the end. And I personally, for me, I like living in older homes. I think they're better constructed. 
This isn't a house podcast. So yeah, back to cars. Totally confused on that because new homes are just as expensive as old homes because things in new homes are so, excuse well, me, but half-assed. They <laughs> fall apart and break really yeah, exactly. Easy. Well, a new well-built home. I'm not talking about a, a, a spec house that somebody throws together in three months. You know, a, a nice, well-built custom home. But anyway, back to the car thing. John, you just, you know, you're just going to have to uh, learn how to change some spark plugs again and and change a blend door motor. Yeah, that'll teach you real quick. Hello. Yeah. I think we lost him. Yeah, I got, I, I got confused there. You talked about working on a car and he just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at talking about cars. Now, I guess some of the, when I'm looking at, and when I do my Google searches or my auto trader or cars or car gurus or whatever site you want to choose, Facebook, Marketplace, Craigslist, I always search, um, you, well, usually $150 to say 6000 And it's, it gets me that, okay. There's a lot of cars in there. They all have 100, 150,000 miles on them. Plus, trucks are usually 180, 100, or 200,000 miles if you want a truck. Since I'm looking at such a wide range, I'm thinking, okay, say I buy an Impala with 145,000 miles on it. What kind of life do I expect out of it? You never see any more for sale for even less money that have 200,000 miles. So if you spend the five grand to buy the 145,000 Impala, when does it die? 165,000 where it becomes financially stupid to own? Where, like right now, I'm looking at a Toyota uh, pickup that's on there for 229,000 miles. It's five grand, six grand. But you can go and you can find a Toyota pickup then for $3,500 with 300,000 miles. So you know the thing's going to last. A, you know, the, there, there's a market to go to. So do you spend $5,000 and, yes, do the maintenance and suffer with the car until you have the catastrophic repair that makes it non-viable to repair and you go out and spend five grand again? Or do you spend a little bit more money and get something that, you know, you buy something with 80,000 miles that you can get to 150,000 miles and then resell off to somebody else. I, I found your car right here, John. <laughs> that I found it. What is it? A 1999 Subaru Outback. Good cars. 56,000 miles. That's low mileage for that. Very car. low mileage for 49.95. There you go. Actually, that's uh, that's a hard one to argue. Yes, Subarus have timing belt issues and head gasket issues and things like that, but that comes in at about 100,000. But then that gets to me, okay, it's a 50,000-mile car, but it's 20 years old, so everything else on the car is 20 years old. It's all, To me, it's not always about mileage. You know, I put a post up on our Facebook page this week, uh, No Driving Gloves, kind of what you need to do when you're trying to sell a car. First, you need to put a price there. A dollar sign one two three four doesn't isn't a price, or you don't need to put um, only open to trades. 
like I said, I want to trade you money, and then you take that money and you go trade it for whatever you want to trade. Just because I don't have the four wheeler you want, but I, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. See, I think you'd be better off kind of going back old school a little bit. Say, you know, a square body Chevy pickup truck or a Buick Regal, uh, a G body. You know, well, have have you ha- have you priced square body Chevy trucks? Yeah, you can buy a decent one for five grand. It may be a long wheelbase, but you know. Well, I, I'm. You know, I think you just no. I think he needs to go back to the cars that are easy to work on, and not a lot of you know, uh, you know, things that can go horribly wrong. I mean, a late twenties, early thirties sedan would be perfect. There you go. What about a Volkswagen Beetle? Oh, good cars, good cars. I mean, I've looked at a well, I've I've seen a couple online, and I have to say, Zara's kind of for that one. Here's a convertible. No, it's not. It's a coupe. My bad. I say, there's no way you're getting a convertible, whether or not it's a flat windshield or a bay windshield type thing. This is an 07. 62,000 miles for 4,700 bucks. That is a solid-looking Subaru, man. I'm telling you, that thing looks good, don't it? Oh, you must have texted that. I did. I sent you the... Uh, automatic, though. Well, that's out of the question. Hey, what about what about something that maybe has, have, has a little damage that you can repair? Why repair it? Drive right. it as is. Is it is it damage that it d- does not permit the vehicle to drive? No, here's a hell of a deal on a 2005 Chevy Silverado two-wheel drive regular cab. It's got 66,300 miles, got a little damage to the bed, five grand. And by a little damage to the bed, what do you mean? Um, Behind the rear tire on the driver's side, it's got a pretty good little dent. But, but it did it don't have a busted tail light or nothing like that. Oh shoot, that's a good buy. And it and it's a V eight, so it's LS powered. It'll run forever. It's already LS swapped. What else could you ask for? I say I kind of looked at a uh what's it a thirty five hundred dollar two thousand Dakota V eight that had a dented bumper and a dented tailgate. There you go. And those, see, those are the things that you also got to think about when you're looking at these. Now, the bedside on that truck, that's going to be a little more difficult to fix. That's, you know, that's either trying to get somebody to, you know, actually do the body work to get it worked out and smoothed out and repainted, or you're replacing a partial or full bedside, depending on how badly damaged that bedside is. But, you know, in the case of that Dodge Dakota, John, I mean, I think, you know, you got to think if it's if it's just a damaged tailgate and bumper, I mean, you run to a pick apart junkyard and I mean, you're going to spend maybe a couple hundred bucks getting those parts and, you know, good parts. Hopefully you'll find the ones that are the same color, you know, body color and everything. But, you know, you I, I don't remember what you said the price was on on that. We've been throwing so many prices out right now. I mean, you find something like that with some parts that, you know, if they're dented and damaged that are easily replaced, you know, you take off and replace it. I mean, that's 
to me, that's where you find your good deals. You don't, you know, if you can drive around the the truck that Will found with the the bedside damage, yeah, that's one thing, you know. But if it's if it's something that's easily replaceable, I mean, that's that's the way to go, in my opinion. You see the trend here, John? I can't. It's going to involve a little bit of work. I, I guess I look at some of that stuff, and I was uh, looking last night. It might have been on Facebook Marketplace and came across. And, of course, I kind of go, I remember, you know, I feel like the 1980s were yesterday. So I came across a 1990 uh, Mazda B2000 two-wheel drive truck, which... I lusted after in high school and at that time, you know, they were great to slam. They were were easy to lower. Yeah. Derek and I had a dinner the other night and I kind of showed him how I got on my car, car, um, liking with a pink target top, uh, S 10, but 4,500 bucks. It's a 56,000 mile truck. It's like four miles from my house. It doesn't have rust on it. And I mean, I'm trying to convince myself, is that something that you could buy and get away with? And it, again, it's going to be easy to repair. Uh, I think these were fuel injected by then. So I, where, where, where's the uh, scary point? At what mileage do you avoid cars anymore? I'm still stuck in that. Oh, when I, like I say, I grew up in the 80s. You didn't buy anything with more than 100,000 miles in the 80s. Dude, that's, that's so far <laughs> gone. All right, you look at it. Yeah, that's... That's like in that's that's the 1980s. I mean, it's the left in the 1980s. <laughs> um, I mean, you buy a car with around a hundred on it, you've got you got four years out of that. You're going to get four years out of that vehicle pretty easy, John. I mean, you get to the 200,000 mile mark and you know unserviceable ball joints and things like that. You're going to have to start replacing and. I think the engine and transmission in most cars from, I'm going to say, 2000 and whatever up, where you know good fuel injection started started coming into play and good overdrive electronic shift transmissions and stuff like that. You know you're going to get 200, 250, 300 thousand miles out of most engine and transmission combos. Yeah, you may have to replace a upper control arm bushing or. You know, something like that, which nowadays you don't even replace the bushings. You just buy a new upper control on um, and, and bolt mm-hmm. it on and take it to the front end shop. So the the worst thing about newer cars is the electronics. You can chase and chase and chase and chase and chase electronic problems. And blend door motors will drive you completely <laughs> insane. So, I mean, it's really not major stuff you're looking that replacing when you have to when you have to work on it period so you know i would i would try to stay around the hundred thousand mile mark you uh you know you you get four years out of it so i mean you know it's i mean you're looking at 1250 bucks a year to drive a car plus oh you all right say fifteen hundred dollars a year you know, that includes some maintenance here and there. And that's kind of why I'm in the, what I'm thinking, because not that they quite total that, but that's like car payments every month. I'm saying $1,500 a year. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's $125 a month. I'm not familiar with that. I don't know if I've had a, I don't know if I've spent that little on a car since, uh, in 88, I got my Omni 024. My car payment was $100 a month. And I know my CRX was $158 a month in 1989 or 90. So, yeah, it's probably been, what what is that, 30 years since I had a car payment that low or that, much, that little I spent per month on a car. There you go. Well, with the exception. Well, see, and... and- you still think it's the 1980s, so, I mean, that's exactly the car payment you need to have. I say I did have that 80 Ford Courier with the Buick 231 in it that I paid $450 for, and I drove it for about six months. So, I guess other than that, I've always spent more than $125 a month on a car. And it's, and, and that's my whole problem, is I've always spent that, and I'm sitting here kind of opening up and being a little bit more personal than I normally am with the listeners and letting you guys lecture me because you know a lot more about this topic and I know very little and I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, some of this stuff and to kind of figure out, you know, what I want. I think you're being a bit of a classist there, uh, John. I mean, you're all like, oh, you guys are poor. You guys know about owning used cars. I've been I've been only uh, buying new cars all my life. I think you just put us down, Will. I have never <laughs> bought me personally a, a brand new vehicle. Now, my wife has had a few, and we buy new vehicles through the shop. But as far as what Will Posey drives, no. One reason, I don't really like the new cars. Just plain and simple there. I mean... All the new cars look the same. They have no personality. They're, they're, I'm not going to say they're garbage because obviously they're good vehicles, but I mean, I drive a 1997 Tahoe two two door Tahoe every day that I just bought like a year and a half ago. I don't know. I, I think older cars have, have a little more style than newer cars have and you can personalize them a little bit easier and parts aren't that expensive. And I don't know. That's just me. Well, but I think, I think you have to understand too, what we were talking about earlier is, you know, for, for those of us that are mechanically inclined and can work on cars and can maintain them and do the work that needs to be done, especially if you're going to have a used, an even older used car than say the nineties, um, you know, like my, I've got the 61 Ford Falcon and normally I use that as a daily driver until, you know, obviously we had the, I had the oil pressure issue with it. So, you know, I had to stop driving it, move to Kentucky, yada, yada, yada. It's almost ready to become a daily driver again. We're getting very close to having everything sorted out, you know, but I've been doing the work on that myself and it doesn't cost me a ton of money to take that to a shop and, and have somebody work on it. But that's where you also get the balance of, you know, if you buy a new car or uh, let's call this, you know, the certified pre-owned cars. Um, I mean, the truck I just bought is probably the closest thing to a brand new vehicle I've ever had in my life. You know, it's a year old. Those come, you know, part of spending that much money on that new car is they come with that warranty that covers 
the work and, and any issues that vehicle might have over whatever the period of that warranty is. So, you know, when you, when you buy a newer car for people who are out there buying the newer cars that, that can afford that, you know, they're doing it because they don't have necessarily the time or the knowledge or the me, you know, the, the ability, there we go to maintain a used vehicle. So that figures into it as well. If everybody could maintain a used vehicle, keep it running and and do the work that needed to be done on it, used vehicles would probably be a little more expensive than they are today. I mean, it just, they would hold a better value. And in my opinion, that's what I think. I'm trying to figure out and wrap my head around. And I kind of like what Will's saying. And I totally understand what Will's saying. And it goes back to, say, the 90 Mazda B2000 that I referred to, you know, it's something that's simple. It's something that's older. It's something that I like. And it's something that, you know, to be honest, is easy to work on. And I've worked on them before. I've thrown around, you know, if I'm going to spend four or five grand, I can get a pretty decent CRX. And anybody who's listened to more than three episodes of this podcast knows how I feel about CRXs. Some of what, you know, Derek says is kind of what I like. I think the biggest thing is when I, I run a very tight, busy schedule. If Will's car doesn't start or his Tahoe doesn't start, his wife can drive him to work or somebody will come pick him up or whatever. I don't necessarily have that option. That's kind of why I like the newer stuff. And I'm, you know, I've always bought the new stuff and absorbed the depreciation. And yes, I, I'll sit here as somebody who's all done it quite often. Buying brand new cars is the absolute stupidest thing you can do. Um, my ex-girlfriend, when we got her the car she had, we looked at brand new and we ended up going to CarMax and buying the exact same car with 3,000 miles on it for, you know, seven grand less than the brand new car. And I think she still happily has that car. Um, I just need that reassurance. And one thing I threw out to Zara is, what if I bought like a three or $4,000 Toyota pickup? I mean, I think I came across a 92 or 95 Toyota pickup for like three grand. Uh, looked be pretty good, decent body, supposedly ran and drive, drove. I never went and looked at it. And then I said, I, I spent three grand and I buy a Miata. Then I have two cars. I have my five or $6,000 spent. But if one doesn't start in the morning, I've got another one. Is that a stupid idea to have the spare? I've all, you know, you have to go back to probably 2000, I think. Um, is the last time I didn't have three cars in the driveway. I've always had a spare. So if something went to the shop, there's, you know, there's something for me and the wife or me and the girlfriend to drive or things like that. And, you know, I, it did become excessive at one point and I had 13 cars and, uh, never going to do that one again either. That <laughs> just for all you collectors out there, that's the stupidest thing you can do. So I don't know. You guys have kind of pointed me in a little bit of that direction, but. And I know what I need to do. I was just seeing if you give me some advice or. Um, well, I think I think you brought up an interesting uh, car that we hadn't talked about yet, which is the uh, the Miata. Um, you know, we have a, a mutual friend uh, that has a, a Miata. That's you know he bought it as same thing you're doing, John. You know, cutting back on bills and actually he's he's never owned a kind of like Will and, and myself, he's never owned a truly brand new car. 
I mean, most of the cars he drives are antique cars and he drives them back and forth to wherever he goes. But occasionally, especially living in, in a northern state in Michigan, he needs a, a wind car that he can drive in the winter. And, uh, you know, he started looking around, didn't want to spend a lot of money on a car. And he wound up buying a Miata. Yeah, it has some condition issues. The paint's flaking off of it. The, you know, there's some rust on it. And it's also a, a northern, you know, vehicle from Michigan. So it's experienced some salt in its life, things like that. I mean, the thing's given him very few problems. And yes, he has the knowledge to pull it into his shop and fix it when he needs to. But they're just great little cars and they run, it seems like, forever. There's even another vehicle that you can usually find for that, you know, four to 5,000 mark. I don't remember the, I think it was just maybe just over a hundred thousand miles when he bought it, maybe just under, but let's call it right around that. I mean, he's driven it back and forth to visit me here in Kentucky. He drives it, you know, back to the East coast where he grew up. I mean, it, it just drives it all over the place. So, I mean, these cars are out there, but, Again, going back to the root of the discussion, and I think where we started this, giving you a hard time, John, is, you know, if you're going to buy one of these used cars, you, you just got to be ready to do a little bit of work on it or pay somebody to do a little bit of the work on it, which usually winds up costing you more in the long run. Yeah, I'll say with the Miata, uh, I've seen many, many Miatas in that three and 400,000 mile range. And like I said, that's because some of the research that I'm doing and some of the dilemma and why I kind of brought up, hey, let's, I want to talk about this with you guys that's one of those cars I can get online and it's $3,000 or $5,000 with 130,000 miles on. And then you come across one that's got 200,000 200, miles and it's only a thousand dollars less than what, and they, they seem to last and there's that ability to sell them on in the future. And I've kind of said all, all, for years that, it's it's probably the best used car out there other than the fact it has no trunk space and no people space. And I didn't realize... That, that, that can be a good thing. <laughs> I didn't realize that uh, this mutual friend, I know who you're talking about, actually had one of those. I'm kind of laughing in See, my head that he, <laughs> he, he has trying, one of those. If, if you're trying to save money, that's less crap you can buy when you go to the store and you don't have to worry about taking anybody out to lunch they got to drive well and here's the other thing D that you were talking about getting that toyota truck you know what happens when you buy any truck whether it's used or new <laughs> you become everybody's best friend that needs to move something that's you, right i say you forget i live in alabama just about everybody i know has a truck so and i couldn't do that with that uh mazda because it's such a clean truck it's not like buying a $1,000 hard body or a $4,000 Ranger, which that's another one that puzzles me. How the hell are Rangers five and six and $7,000 with 200,000 miles on them and 20 Because years old? Ford Rangers have a cult following. So. Because it's a Mazda, and it'll last longer. Uh, actually, Mazdas were Fords in the end. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Forsda. Well, I don't know if we've accomplished anything there. I keep seeing various things, and we'll see what I do. I'm, well, I mean, the the you know new to me used car I bought, I got in that three to six thousand dollar price range, and 
I mean, it just needs a little bit of work, but it'll be back on the road probably this, you know, this fall and I'll be driving it back and forth to work and just enjoying it. So, but again, I just accept that it needs a little work. I think that's what you need to do, John. You need to find like an old Ford Pinto or a little Falcon or a Vega or a Maverick. I'll sell you my Falcon. See, there you go. I think that's, that's what you need. You need something old. That's a daily driver. I'll sell you a vintage air kit for it. You can put air conditioning in it. And then you'll whoa, have Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, come on. Vintage air. What, we're what talking, is wrong with you? Listen, we're talking to John here. Not me and you, Derek. We're talking about John. Oh, okay. We we know we know how to roll the windows down manually and adjust a seat manually. I don't know if John knows how to do that. You know what's cool about the Falcon is it's, it's still got the vent windows. So oh, you yeah. flip those bad boys all the way around, get that breeze coming in. That's your air condition right there. Mm-hmm. So um, yep. Chris and I drove my dad's T-Bird back from Louisville after the Street Rod Nationals. And it's got it's got good cold air. Now, windows down, vent windows kicked open, cruising 80 mile an hour down the interstate. I'm trying to remember. I, my, it's one of the reasons I always like my old Isuzu pickup. But where we go back to 1991? Is it had the vent windows and and the pickups? <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I like my uh, I like my mini trucks. Let's say as we uh, all started to log on and get together tonight, I was sitting here looking at an 03 uh, Ford Ranger. I think it was the uh, um, I can't remember XLT or whatever. Um, with done up to look like a Harley Davidson truck that was lowered and everything, and then turbocharged on the four point or five point four liter a Triton motor, which sounded like a maintenance nightmare to me. But I like my trucks. I like my lowered trucks. Yep, me too. I'm the same way. <laughs> like I like trucks and I like them lowered. I like my touring cars. Well, we'll. Re- I'm gonna say, I'm gonna jump jump ship here because uh you guys have picked on me enough tonight and we'll get back to this in a week or two or when will's back he's gonna ask what did i decide to do oh we'll definitely do the follow-up yeah we, well this this will be an ongoing thing i'm sure this is going to take me a few weeks to resolve in my head and end up telling everybody that i ended up buying something a little bit newer but with that i'm out of here guys later We are done. See you later.